Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. When you wish upon a star, <laughs> makes no difference who you are. I'm completely blanking on the rest, <laughs> but dreams come true. <laughs> and welcome into the beers and ears podcast my name is casey and my name is matt i i am excited to talk about a new movie it's been a while since we've talked about like a new movie but that like yeah. a disney yeah i well i think we did yeah i guess you're right it's been a, it's been a while since we've kind of been away from parks related content or the last two weeks have really been focused on um uh, marvel related content because obviously we got a boatload of that that came down but yeah today we are talking about disney's i believe it's their 66 is that correct that's 66, a great question you know that's, oh, that's something that i should know um, <laughs> i know but... it's it's up there it's in the 60 these are the 66 or 62nd uh, let me see here um I feel bad that I can't remember exactly what this is. Um, uh, you know, da, 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 I read it last da, 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 da. night on this thing, and I, I, I oh, sixty second, the sixty second. Okay, sixty second. Yes, so okay, it great. is Walt Disney's sixty second animated feature film coming from Walt Disney Animation Studios, and that is Disney's Wish, debuting on November twentieth. Um, uh, I'm sorry, November twenty second. It actually debuted at the El Capitan Theater um, in L.A. Uh, at uh, on November eighth. Um, as I like to do with with movies, um, I'd like to kind of give a quick recap of where we are. This had a budget of anywhere between 175 to 200 million, and that's not including the marketing budget. And let's be honest, they marketed the heck out of this yeah. film. As of right now, this movie has grossed 81.6 million. Um, I'm sure we're going to get into this a little bit in terms of the the online. Yeah, whatever discourse, um, in my opinion, unwarranted. I'm curious to see if you would agree with that in a couple of minutes uh, in terms of whether or not this is considered a flop or not. Um, I know we have talked uh, prior to this coming out that we had really great expectations for this movie. Um, I had a chance to see it last night, so it's fresh on my mind. I know you saw it, I think, last week. Uh, yeah, I, Matt, I have to true, paint this. Yeah, so true Disney. Yes, I have to paint this form, picture. Go ahead. <laughs> I have to paint this picture for, for the audience here. So um, the Woodstock Classic Cinemas, um, uh, uh, Woodstock Illinois Classic Cinemas, what they did is they have this big theater one and it's their main theater and it's this gorgeous rotunda, big theater. Um, so it's a, it, it's a great, great venue. <clears throat> um, I've seen many, saw Endgame there, yada, yada, yada. Um, I decided to go to this on $5 Tuesday at 9.55 at night. <laughs> well, you can imagine that there's probably not too many other people. And by not too many other people, I mean, I was all alone in theater one <laughs> watching <laughs> this giant Wish. theater in yes. this absolutely giant theater private showing for me. So here's the deal. Um, this movie was directed by Chris Buck, written by Jennifer Lee and Allison Moore. Uh, Jennifer Lee, Chris Buck, they're of Frozen fame. Like they're the ones who brought us Frozen, Frozen 2. Um, I mean, frankly put, this had all the heavy hitters and a lot of people don't realize this thing like started 
in pre-production back in 2018, but wasn't announced until September of last year. So it had a lot of production time. And put it this way, it was in pre-production while Frozen was wrapping. Frozen 2 was still wrapping up post-production to give you an idea of the crossover here. And the idea with this movie is that it was kind of meant to be that that kiss of the Disney 100, that final hurrah of the Disney 100 anniversary that we have all been living through over the course of the last 18 or so months, right? So, Matt, let's do like we always do, first impressions. I I love this movie. I think it's, it's, I had the expectation this could be like Disney's next big thing. I don't think it's that. Um, But I think this is definitely, it's a good movie. You've got catchy songs. Um, I know we're going to talk villain here. We got a great villain. We have an great amazing de- villain. Yeah. Amazing villain. We got great character development throughout, um, as well as um, uh, some just hundreds of Easter eggs that I'm mm-hmm. I'm going to be watching over and over again to try to find all of them. Apparently, there's one that like I don't think the internet has found, and I need to figure out what it is. Um, Which so, one? Atlantis. There's an Atlantis one. Yeah, um, I've heard I've heard that there, that that it's buried deep. I think the actress who played Asha yeah. said there's some type of an Atlantis reference in there. So but gotta, we're going to get we're going to get to all of them. The ones that maybe you saw versus the ones that you looked up and and I, the list I have has 40, but I've been told there's over 150. Yeah. There's hundreds. So, so there's, there really um, is, and I and there's also some fan theories out there that I really want to get to as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm but I'm I, with you, Matt. I'm, yeah, I, yeah. Hundred percent thought this was a great movie. Um, I think it could have or has the potential of being part of Disney's catalog of greatness, but I don't know if we will ever see a movie at the level of frozen that we, 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 I I don't know. I I feel like the environment for Disney movies has shifted even from the past 10 years, especially with the advent of Disney plus people knowing that this movie will find itself under Disney plus. But I, I foresee this movie going the direction of elemental where it's going to over the net. I mean, basically it's got the entire holiday season to ruminate here. Because remember, and Elemental like was flopped. Pixar's like yeah. third lowest opening, like terrible. And then, it, but if you look at the numbers now, I'm gonna do just that. <laughs> it's one of their bigger successes. Like it, it has taken off. Yeah. And and so you're right. This has the entirety of the holiday season. Um. And now also the other thing to keep in mind that it's coming out um against Trolls Three. So yep. you're you're battling an existing character. Um you know, an existing franchise that has a lot of characters, but um, this will, I think, pick up steam. I mean, I just want to say this. I know we've, we've beat the dead horse on the streaming thing. I think that they just have to get to a point where they wait longer to put it on streaming. That's why people went to theaters because you had to wait a year. Yeah, exactly. If you didn't see it in theaters, you had to wait a year before it came out on DVD. So Elemental um, was expected to gross 35 to $40 million from 4,035 theaters its opening weekend. It only made 11.8 on its first day, lowering which lowered its estimates to 30 million. It went on to debut at 29.5 million that opening weekend. This movie, let me pull up that real quick if I can find it here. No, music, music, box office. Okay. Uh, it, it, it was expected to gross... 45 to 50 million over the five day Thanksgiving weekend. 
it made 8.3 million its first day um and then it was lowered expectations to 32 to 33 million and went on to debut at 19.5 million so here's the thing and i was trying to think about this in terms of why people felt this way beyond the normal chatter of oh, oh yes. go woke go broke and who wants a multicolored yeah. princess is what people were saying you know all that or crap. um um the other one i've heard is that this movie is anti-religion oh oh yes anti-religion oh, I, I just beyond that absolutely bull crap noise i honestly feel that since covid a premium has been placed on family time around holidays and I don't think, at least not for a while, it might take some time, but truthfully, I don't know how, like, reticent people are to, like, go to the theaters for a, for a holiday theater showing, uh, for a Thanksgiving. I mean, yeah. look at all the retailers that are closed now on Thanksgiving. Yeah. They don't open up until 6 or 5 or 7 um, on Black Friday. Some even stay closed on Black Friday now yeah. because there's been this this monumental shift of shopping and entertainment to streaming and to, to being online. I also think that just people place a priority of being with family and doing the traditional holiday things. I mean, I think there's still people who go out there and do it, but it's not going to be like it was. Well, let me ask you this. How much is a, a one-day ticket to, for one person, adult, to Disney World? Um, it, it's obviously going to vary by park, but let's call it Magic Kingdom. One day base ticket on a, we'll say a regular day is going to cost between 125 and 150 Okay. So if I have, it's me and my wife and I have a family of four kids. By the time, and I'm not going on any kind of discount day. Let's say I'm just going on a regular day. By the time that I get all the tickets for six of us, plus popcorn or snacks and drinks and whatever, I'm close to, if not exceeding, a one-day ticket at Disney yeah. World. And well, so that's another part of it is, you know, with with the economy, how it is, with inflation going up, it, it there's people are also putting a premium on what they're going to spend their money on. And yeah. so I think it's absolutely mind but again, I sat in the theater watching for five bucks. That's worth it to me. I'm taking my kids on Tuesday. We're going to go on $5 yeah. Tuesday again. Like, that's Nate, and I, Nate and I went yesterday. It was a Saturday. It was 10 50 a ticket. So it was $21 for the both of us. But by the time I got the popcorn, it was like 25 bucks. So 25 plus the 21. So, I mean, just for the two of us, we spent $46, right? Yeah. Like that, that right there goes to show you, but again, take that all aside. I, I think, just in general you're, you're people, right it's the fam the family time is definitely a big thing that people aren't yes. going out as much it's well they, not as they, big they, thing. They're, they're going out but i just over a holiday weekend i just don't think they're going to do it i think they're going to yeah. stay in i think this movie would have done better if it would have debuted the weekend before thanksgiving i i, mm. I really believe that okay. i think the old hollywood trope of thanksgiving weekend opening means it's going to be this big thing isn't going to be a big thing i think once people get a hold of the story and they get a hold of what this is about and realize that this is is actually a really good storytelling and it's got so many callbacks to disney movies of the past i think people are going to be really interested to see it but i do agree with you bob Iger, keep it off of disney plus for the next six months yeah keep it off of disney plus quit trying to drive people to your streaming platform right now it clearly didn't work so go back to what you know please go back to what you know 
Yeah, go back all to right. the bread and butter. So, all right. But uh, okay, we got to get back to the movie though, um, because there's <laughs> yes. so there's so many good things to talk about. Like, yes. I, like, and all seriousness, I don't want to get bogged down in this because I think the movie is so so good. So, what was it? What was the like one thing that like jumped out to you? Character okay. part, whatever. Okay, so first of all, the storyline itself is, is classic Disney. Right off the bat, opening with the storybook. Oh, just storybook. T- yes. Tugged ah. on my, my heartstrings. Like, oh my God, that's like classic Disney, classic Snow White, classic Cinderella. Um, I think for me, the thing that jumps out more than anything else, though, is the animation and art style that yes. they purposely chose. It is a blend of computer animation, but a throwback to the watercolor style of Sleeping Beauty. And they yes. did this purposely as an homage to art of. 80 years ago, 90 years ago, you know, back when this movies were hand drawn, you can see it just in the backgrounds, the way the backgrounds work with the, with the, with the computer animated uh, characters up front. That said, even the computer animated characters have a different feel to them. They're Mm -hmm. not quite as 3d as a Rapunzel or a Tiana there's they're, they're almost the color palette softened a little bit and they even used the technique um which was originally made famous famous I want to say in Bambi maybe it was Sleeping Beauty of the outline you can see the black outline of the characters up against the background you can see it in their hands and their fingers it truly makes them pop almost like you're literally reading a storybook yeah that yeah. to me I think right off the bat was was an amazing start for this i mean i love i I know that this art style gets criticism by some people but i love this art style it's what uh into the spider-verse um is using like you're seeing more films like go to this like blend (laughs) i was was arguing with the troll online earlier today about this he he made the comment on disney twitter stay off of disney twitter people it's just a cesspool yeah yeah. um but he, he made he made a he made an argument on one of the disney fan sites on on twitter or x whatever you want to call it he goes Oh well, the technology's out there now. This stuff's just going to get grinded out consistently because it's so easy to produce, and you're going to see multiple projects like this every year now. Ha ha ha! They need to go back to the old school style. And my response to him was, "If it's so easy, why don't you make your own? Why don't you make? Yeah. One? Why don't you make? <laughs> why don't you produce an animated feature for us that everybody goes to and spends millions and millions and millions of dollars on? Get off there! Come on, get off of it, people. When I people went to just, ah." When I went to the science of Pixar at the Science and Industry Museum when it was in Chicago, uh-huh. I found a new appreciation for what those people have to do. Like yes. everything is, is is like we we think these movies just like whip out in a year or something like it. But you're right. This movie's been in production since 2018. That yeah. is five years. Yeah. And like one person spends like those five years on like 10 to 15 seconds of a movie. I um if you I know you probably haven't watched it even though I've been asking you to watch it for many many years but the documentary on the creation of Frozen 2. Yeah, I know I haven't. <laughs> for those of you who still have Disney Plus at home, if you want just a uh, uh, a schooling on what it takes to produce one of these movies, watch that movies. It, it literally affirms what Matt just says that it it takes one animator months and months to put together 5 seconds of film. And it's funny as I was watching the movie that there's that one scene where you're seeing all the different um wishes come down you can see in the bubbles. Clearly yeah. probably one animator or two animator animated each of those scenes. And I was just thinking 
each of those scenes was its own little story that they got to tell within that scene, yeah. which I just thought yeah. was really, really, really well done. I, I think um, what, what I what <clears throat> I appreciated most about this movie is that, and and this is very much a personal thing, it felt like the Disney of my childhood. I can like, see that. that it it very much felt like watching a Beauty and the Beast, a Aladdin, mm-hmm. a obviously mm-hmm. it's you know those stories are all different, but it just it had that feeling to it where it had that rhythm, it had that cadence. The characters were fun. The songs were fun. Like it just, and and so like some of it, I know I'm higher on because of the nostalgia factor, but I also think that this is just, you're right. Like it's classic Disney storytelling. Um, You know, they kind of go back to their roots a little bit here. You know, they, Mm -hmm. they went with some more odd um, storytelling decisions in the, you know, in the past, like, you know, strange world was kind of an out there, type story um uh you can go back and listen to our episode on that where but that's you know it's it's it that's a that's a completely new type of story they were trying to tell this goes back to that classic fairy tale yes um, but it's original it's an original fairy tale that is so important no no but no it is that that's it's so important to call this out for all of those naysayers who have been saying disney is so sequel ridden that they can't come up with an original story ta-da like this is an original story what like yes it borrows elements from different parts of disney's past that pay homage to them i'm gonna get to my favorite in just a minute but like it's an original story and it's it's told in a way that even like our main character asha like she's not even perfect either. Like that's the other thing is sometimes these these protagonists oftentimes get portrayed as these perfect beings, right? Yeah, yeah Asha, she's not perfect. She's not nope. perfect. She, you know, she straight up asked for Sabo's wish right in the very beginning, and, and she's like, "Oh my god, I didn't mean to do it like that." But she's human, yeah. right? And she discovers mm-hmm. that. Um, so I just for all those naysayers out there who are like, "Oh, we need an original story," you know, this Disney's too sequelish. Well, here you go. <laughs> They, they, they gave this is what gets me is is you want to know why companies not just disney companies make sequels because they make more they make money, money than the original movies <laughs> yes the number <laughs> like one it, the number one animated movie of all time other than the lion king remake which i guess is technically animated other yeah, than that yeah, pull yeah. that aside i got called on that is frozen 2 frozen 2 has made more money than any animated movie of all time it's yes. and and People got upset when Iger announced there's a three and a four in the works. Well, hello, here's why. Shocker. <laughs> Shocker. Well, and I'm yeah. sorry. I guarantee Frozen, you, you can't talk about like Frozen is one of the biggest franchises globally. Like, yes. I'm sorry. It would shock me if he came out and said, we're not working on that. I'd yeah. be like, why? You, you, you know, you know, who's not upset about him announcing Frozen three and four are the shareholders. They're yes. like, yes. <laughs> Did you see they released? Um, uh, I guess there's going to be a payout of 30 cents per share or something in January. They finally yeah. announced. Yeah, there's a dividend payout of that. Okay. So I'm going to, I want to take this. You cannot say Asha. And you cannot say Magnific- Magnifico. Who is your favorite character? Um, oh, that's tough because uh, Magnifico <laughs> is my favorite character. Yes, you can't say um, those two. Because obviously okay. those two are good. But okay. take them out of the I... mix. Of all the supporting characters, who is your favorite character? I, uh... I'll let you say your favorite two. Just to make Okay. I really like Star. I think okay. like Star was just this very, like, um, very fun animated character. Um, the animators did a nice job with it. So, while um, while and, we're on the topic of Star, real quick, you know that 
the animators and the characters, uh, the, the, so the creative team did a great job with that character. Nate is a very big cynic when it comes to like TV sh like shows and, and stuff. My partner, Nate, he was dying in the theater at all of the different mannerisms that star had throughout the yeah. movie. That one scene where he's like putting his fist together like this. Yeah. I just, we died laughing star was you know it's funny because they build valentino to kind of be the comic relief of the movie but no star, star. hands down was the best and he didn't say yeah. a darn word yeah right. exactly well and that's what i loved about it is yes he he's a character that doesn't speak and yet has a uh -huh. huge thing and then the other one is the queen um okay her okay arc is fantastic where you know magnifico has a a wife and in the beginning you know she is you know, you know, she's on his side. And then you kind of see this transformation of as he falls deeper into the evilness of magic, mm -hmm. she kind of relinquishes that support and then also becomes the um spoiler alert um well the, if they're listening to this they better learn that it, yeah. there's some spoilers there's in there. spoilers gosh um like she becomes the leader of rosas mm -hmm. and um and then leads in a way that magnifico should have been leading in but it, like her I, her arc was fantastic i yeah. i thought just hands down fantastic i i can definitely see that and i agree and i think the actress who portrayed her angelique cabral i think she was fantastic the whole voice cast in general was fantastic oh, yeah. Um, All right. Do you, my, did you have one? I did. Well, Star was one of them. Yeah. But the other one I, I absolutely loved was Gabo, the the yeah. short the short friend. Yes. He just absolutely cracked me up. His in the 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 actor who plays him is Harvey Gullion. I don't know him from anywhere else, but his cynical just like off the wall comments and he gets put in his place multiple times, but he's just, he's so funny, which by the way, leads me to one of the biggest Easter eggs in this yeah. movie. So early on, I got to admit, I didn't see it at first, but Nate did right off the bat when they're in the kitchen in the very beginning, Nate goes, how many friends are there? And he's, he's trying to count because they keep bouncing around. So you can't count all, all of them. But finally, there's a moment where all seven of them are on screen. He's like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He goes, there's seven, seven dwarves. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Now, at this point, nothing had been said. It really hadn't been alluded to yet. This was like very early on in a scene where I think um, the the one, the Sneezy, basically, the one who sneezes on the, on the cookie, yeah. on his thing. And he's like seven dwarves. And sure enough, as you get throughout the movie, each of them reveals themselves in due time, right? Whether it's Dahlia as Doc, right? Or again, um, uh, uh, well, and that's the, that's the key is their names all start with with the letters of the yes, yeah. absolutely. So, so just yeah, it's, to, it's so running down this here real quick. Yep. So we have um, running down this. We have uh, uh, I'm hearing a wish song upstairs right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have Dahlia, who is Doc, or basically is inspired by Doc. She's got the glasses. Have, yep. So she's the one who kind of walks with the crutch and has the glasses, the cook, right? You've got Gabo, who's inspired by Grumpy. So he's the short one, the one I was just talking about. You've got Hal, who's this joyful girl. And what gives her away is towards the end when she goes, I'm so happy for you. And, and right, and, and it goes, that's happy. I'm like, oh my God, yes, it is. And then uh, Simon, who's the one with the big heart, but because his, and this plays a major part in the movie, because he's already given his wish to Magnifico, he's just kind of depressed all the time and he sleeps a lot, right? 
Um, and then there's Safi, who is plagued with allergies, and he's basically a play on Sneezy. There's Dario, which is um, uh, basically he's this really tall guy. He wears the green. He looks like Dopey. Kind of comes across got the purple, the purple, yeah. um, you know, hair or headdress. <laughs> And then Bazima, who just pops out of nowhere and like is completely like 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 skittish, but she's supposed to be bashful. So I just the way that they play, paid that homage to them was just amazing. And the without way without it mean, being super obvious, no, like, it was like not it wasn't super obvious it, at it, all. It wasn't shoehorned in there. Like no. it, it it just it made sense with the personality traits. Um, they they worked well together. It's a fun group of people. Um. Yeah, I, 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 well, Simon was another character that I enjoyed his arc as well. That I did too. You know, he, well, and then at the end where he kind of like asks for forgiveness because he messed up. And I'm like, this is an important thing. Like that, yes, yeah, we can yes. mess up, but then asking for forgiveness is a good thing. So I will say that Simon, though, does also play a part in my one pet peeve with the movie. Mm. So I don't know if you have any pet peeves or not, but I do have one. So there is a clear delineation between the first part of this movie and the second part of this movie the first part of the movie i was fine i did feel there were moments where it felt a little bit slower paced than it could have but that moment when magnifico basically goes to asha's house and says you're the one who did this right you're the one who brought the star you're the one and it left me going wait what wait who what who who trade like who like where did that it happened so fast they yeah. needed that scene and I, maybe they animated and thought it was too long. I don't know, but they needed the scene of Simon going to Magnifico that even yeah. if it would have been just 60 seconds to show it, because for that moment, it felt, it almost felt like, did I go to the bathroom and miss something? Like mm. that's everything else felt so put together, but that one moment now, granted they explained to it later and maybe they were trying to build that moment when he's on stage and says, here's who turned the traitor in fine but to me that did not land i think the way that they wanted it to land does that make sense yeah i hear you um i don't know that didn't bother me as much but i see where you're coming from that you know it, it's all of a sudden she's been turned in um whereas had we had yeah had we had the she's already been betrayed betrayed it would have the tension would have been there because we would have known you need to move because magnifico exactly. is exactly yeah exactly um, so i don't I think know the tension... like in in maybe it gave it away because nate kind of called it out when i kind of like, saw it too well i and it, it it made sense which was like anybody who's given their anybody who's given their wish and turns in this traitor will have their wish automatically granted and of the friends he's the only one who's turned 18 yeah. at this point so like it clearly was pointing to it but it just felt that one moment was rushed to me yeah so um yeah i thought the the singing animals in the forest were a little forced what no oh my god i, I, I mean you're a star is, i'm a star you're a star it's such a oh. minor gripe um so like i like i didn't hate the part i like the song like song's great like let, let me let me be very clear this is nothing against the song yeah um just uh uh i i i don't know like that that moment was like okay this is this is happening <laughs> oh my goodness i don't but, know i guess i guess in a lot of ways i kind of chalk it up to um 
uh the the, the one that Kristoff gives in frozen to the 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 reindeer oh yes song. the lost in the woods yeah lost in the woods song at first it doesn't feel good but then it grows on you after a while yeah, I mean, I just this one this one actually grew on me so or it didn't grow on me this one i was good right from the start so for yeah me. see and that's the fun thing about this is my kids my kids know all the songs they have not seen it they don't know they're seeing it on tuesday oh, that's right because you bought the soundtrack already um so it's on spotify like all the okay. you know spotify it's on our disney hits playlist now yeah yeah and um and so like they they can they have dances with them they know everything and so um all right so what's your favorite song oh it's uh this is the thanks i get i i, I love you that like song. that one i, I definitely love, feel the, that is a definitely a worthy villain song for sure the the and the flip between like the i'm just i'm just this nice guy to then like something sinister is happening and then the, the like where was i and then i um <laughs> I I'm Nate and I's favorite is knowing what I know now. Yeah. That, that's that, my wife's favorite right that, now. That, yeah. that, that, that drum beat, mm -hmm. the, the way it's like the second it started, Nate leans over, he goes, Oh, I'm going to love this song already. Like, <laughs> remember, I told you we hadn't heard seen. Yeah. You, you, you saw thing, nothing. We, we I literally knew, I knew only saw in. the one trailer that was at the beginning of the Marvels. That was it. Every and, and and even then the trailer kind of fools you a little bit. The trailer yeah. makes you think that thinks makes you think that Asha can grant wishes or that she gets this power to grant wishes throughout the movie, but that's not what happened. So no, but yeah, knowing what I know, and again, this is the things I get is really good. I'm a star is really good. Um, honestly, I don't, I can't say that any of them are bad songs. I don't, I, I don't dislike any songs. The songs. the opening song is your classic, you know, here's setting the stage of what's going on. Yeah. Um, her, you know, power ballad has some that, good that, moments. Welcome to Roses. Rosas does have a little bit of like the family magical kind of vibe to yes, it. From, from, yes. <laughs> so like that, that does have a little bit of that going, but yeah, it was good. And honestly, the instrumentals were phenomenal too. Like I, I thought the instrumentals were just absolutely great. Yeah, I just I, this is this is one of those like I I understand some of the reasons so I think there are legit reasons why people are not going to see the movie, but I like I I don't I, I don't get it I don't understand from a, <laughs> I don't get it I don't get it from a movie standpoint It's a lot of fun It's and it's the perfect length hour and a half Yes Yes Oh it's it just, doesn't it, feel it, rushed It doesn't feel short nope. It feels great. Okay, I'm going to ask you this, because obviously there are a ton of Easter eggs, and I guess theoretically we could go through all of them. But here's my my one question for you. What was the one Easter egg that you spotted that you didn't have to like rely on that was like you were the most excited about? There were there were three that I um, that I spotted that I was pretty excited about. All right. Um, that And spotting like on the spot. There was one, there's the obvious, you know, at the end where it's like, oh, you want to fly? Well, here's Peter. He's building a <laughs> flying machine. I'm like, oh, wow. Oh. Um, and he's in like the Peter Pan outfit. Like that was obvious. But that person's wish uses the animation from yes, uh, you yes. can fly, you can fly. Yes, yes. I caught that one. I was very happy that I caught John the Bear being a reference to Robin Hood. Yes, yes. Um, and then when he was crushing wishes, magnificent crushing wishes, all of those lines, I was like, oh, those are like, he, he gave direct quotes from the Mary other Poppins Disney ones. I'm popping yes. your wish. I yep. The Mary Poppins one was good. Was like, fantastic. it's fantastic. Yes. Um, like if you are, that's the thing that about, if you are a, if you're a non-Disney fan, you're still going to enjoy this movie. Oh, yeah. Like it's, it's fine. But if you're a Disney fan, what makes this movie so good is it really is a, homage to the the 100 years of this company 
and that goes into the credits where the yep. credits have oh, the images the oh. images of characters and the stars of the of like basically every single animated movie they skip some of them but like home on the range gets i them. know like, yeah what these is are real <laughs> it's like what is happening they're referencing home on the range i, I think the only three that i i read that they did not reference uh meet the robinsons was one of the ones they didn't reference um Oh, what were the other two? There were two others they did not reference for some reason. I, I, there I don't some, know. Like some of the World War II ones, they didn't. Uh, yeah, like like all those. But that you know, that's fine. Yeah. Okay, so for me, and okay, so will you allow me to go into conspiracy theory territory? Oh, please, for yes. Minutes? Put okay. on the conspiracy hat. And, and maybe I'm not the only one. I haven't done a whole lot of research on this, but of the stuff that I've looked at, no one has said this yet. So if it's out there, I'm not stealing. I promise. This is just my own formulation. Okay. There are two big moments in this that are Easter eggs that I also think make this movie a prequel to every Disney movie ever made. Oh, okay. Okay. So number one is Asha as she is heading out to the woods to draw Magnifico away. Her outfit is the fairy godmother outfit from Cinderella. Later in the movie, she is granted the wand from the from Star to be a fairy godmother. I believe that she ends up becoming the fairy godmother from Cinderella. I believe oh. this is her. I believe this is her. Number two, Magnifico. He has all these references to mirror, mirror on the wall. He's got the mirrors on the wall. He talks about the mirrors. But do you notice or did you notice the moment that he flashes into the mirror of his staff? What image flashes on the screen? No, I did not see this. It is a shadow of the mirror, mirror man on the wall, the one from Snow White. Oh. It is his shadow. In fact, it's in there a couple of times, but it flashes. I believe he is the mirror on the wall from Snow White. Oh, because he does. Okay, I, I want to. I want to shout this out really fast before you go into this conspiracy. I was expecting them to redeem Magnifico. And I'm very happy they didn't. No, they didn't because they even say in the book that once you go down this route of dark magic, you can never come back. Yep. I believe that this is a, because they never, here's the thing. Unlike, well, most Disney movies don't do this, but again, this movie too, it doesn't tell you where and when this movie is set. Nope. It doesn't tell you how it relates to any of the other lands. Disney has never really done a multiverse type experience other than kind of in jest or kind of cynically and like Wreck-It Ralph, things like that, right? Oh, yeah. But I honestly believe this could very easily, very easily um, uh, set up the events of all the movies that have come before this, Snow White, Cinderella, even the end credit scene. Yeah. Right? Even the end credit scene when Sabo is playing When You Wish Upon a Star, right? I don't think it's there. I'd have to go back and look at it, but who's to say that Jiminy Cricket wasn't just hanging around there and listening to that. And, you know, like, like maybe he heard that song from him and that's where he gets the song in the, like, there are so many ways that this could play out. Would Disney ever do it? No, I don't think they would no. ever. I don't think they'll ever set a connection, but for those of us who like to see connections from one movie to the next, to the next, at the very least, the end credit scene is one of those moments where his wish was to be able to create something that inspires a generation. Well, guess what? He was able to do it. I mean, and the other thing, the ultimate Easter egg, not even realizing it, 
Sabo turned 100, just like yep. Disney turned 100. <laughs> like, yep. I totally didn't even, like, mind blown. But anyway, that was my my conspiracy theory or 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 just thought process of, you know, I, I heard people say maybe Disney's trying to set up a multiverse. I don't think they would ever do that. But it is fun to think that this could be placed as a prequel to some of that other stuff. I think it's the same thing. There's there. a popular Pixar theory out there that all the Pixar movies are connected by, you know, X, Y, Z. I, and I don't Disney think they confirmed that one though. Didn't they? No, that's all it's been, oh, I that's, you know, cause it, it, it all involves like boo as a time traveler. Yeah. And all this yeah. Other stuff. She's the witch I, from, um, yes. From, um, uh, from brave. Well, yeah, thank you. I was say yeah. it's not so, um, like that, that whole theory is kind of fun, but, um, I, I think that gets into now if, if, if Disney actually is going to officially do that, you know, I, I think it's fine saying that the movies are connected. Like, I mean, we've seen Rapunzel and Flynn at yeah. Anna and Elsa's coronation, like, or Elsa's coronation, like it, it's, but I think to like really, um really like say no these movies are deeply and intimately connected that's a that's a big undertaking and i just think but I, what i like is they give us subtle enough hints like you yes. were saying yes. because what do you want as a company you want people talking about your stuff you want people exactly. having to watch your things multiple times so they can continue to find connections yes. and other yes. stuff like that so like i i think that's the challenge of the, of what disney is doing and i think they've done very very well is Putting things that connect the films while not like making it vague enough that 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 it's not like completely connected. There was no. Yeah, it was not forced in any way. I didn't feel it was forced. It was literally just uh, it was almost like they were just giving us nods, little kisses of here's here's something to make you feel good. And for those of us. It's almost like when you go to a Disney park, here's a good example. You go to a Disney park, you can go to a Disney park to have fun and ride the rides, do the entertainment, whatever. Then there's also those who've been several times who go and who there's a little bit of a deeper meaning. Maybe they go with the Walt history. There's also people who go to Disney parks to do things like Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom or or things like that. They find other reasons. Then there's others who go to the park to look for things like hidden Mickeys. They're there. They're not an essential part of the park experience, but if you want something different, you can go look for hidden Mickeys. This to me, I felt like all these allusions to different things were hidden Mickeys. They were hidden moments that if you are in on the joke, they bring you just a little bit of extra joy. But if you're not in on the joke, it's okay. You can still enjoy the movie for what it is. Because Nate and I went into it going, we're going to try to search out every single one of these connections. And at first, there's not a lot. And then they start to build. And by the time you get to the end of the movie, they're everywhere. They're everywhere, right? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, there's a Tarzan call in there. I got. Yes, there is. It's, um, oh, when was it? Uh, Oh, it was, I think it's the scene when they're, um, they're jumping down and pulling the levers uh, to open that the rooftops. And one of them does the Tarzan call. Nate called it out. It's like, oh yeah, there it is. So yeah. anyway, yeah. all right. Anything else you want to say about the movie? Uh, outside of like, I highly recommend that our listeners go see it. Um, you know, I, agree. I, I mean, this is this is a fun Disney film. And again, stay through the credits. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's 
it's just you, you see all of these characters kind of go and then literally the thing literally and- stay all the way like yeah. it's not like a marvel where you stay through the first part of credit like this one you've got to wait to the exact end right before the lights go up because it's yep. at the very end well and it's not because there's some kind of tease or anything like that it is literally just a if you are a Disney fan, you're just going to enjoy the credits. You're, you're just going like, I, I just sat there. Like I sat there yeah. and I was like, this is just, I'm, uh, this is nice. It's nice. It really to, like, was yeah. all those characters um, like going like, Oh, that movie. And Oh man, yep. like just, and, and to see all those characters, it was like, it's same thing with once upon a studio, like yeah. to see all of these characters, like in such a short amount of time is like, wow. And to all the naysayers out there, allow yourself to just stop being negative for just a little bit and just embrace it for what it is. Like, I don't, I, man, I don't know. No, all right. Before we, before yeah. we go, um, uh, any, uh, I, I want to switch gears for a second. Any thoughts on the town hall that Bob Iger gave in New York last week and some of the stuff they talked about? There was one quote that I thought was interesting that I am curious what this exactly means. And that was the, we need to not make films that have a, I'm going to butcher the quote, but basically this was a thing of, we need to have less messaging. Yeah. Have less messaging. Yeah. Um, And I, I thought that was, let me look at, let me go with the positive side on the positive side. I do think it is good that there is going to be a, focus on what story are we telling because Mm -hmm. i think if you focus on writing a good story it often teaches a good message anyway yes um but i also found that very interesting on the bad side the the bad side is not a way of saying it but like on the flip side of that is a little bit of disney kind of walking back a little bit on kind of some of the drama that has gone on not so, in a real obvious way but just I, that was the most interesting quote to me it's 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 interesting you say it like that so i didn't know Iger had made that quote i had heard some of the other stuff i had heard the quote about the reason the marvels flopped was there weren't enough executives on the set you know things like that i think that was even said in yeah Jess, that's the problem I, yeah <laughs> but no um i the only reason i heard about that quote is uh, one of the listeners and a friend of mine of the pod joe um messaged me about it and he's like did you hear this and he, he was kind of frustrated about it he was a little upset about it and i and I, I had not heard it and i actually googled to see if i could find this thing and it really was like it was made but it really there hasn't been a lot of media uproar about no. it so it clearly wasn't taken the wrong way but i thought about it much like you and so as somebody who has appreciated what Disney has done from an inclusivity perspective and a way of messaging to people who have otherwise maybe not always had their stories told. I actually can't say that I disagree with Iger here in that I the sentiment of what he's trying to say is, look, we've just got to get back to doing what we did do well, which is telling good stories. And I think what should have been said in addition to that, to maybe make it less of a new story, is telling good stories and letting the messaging just organically happen. Like, I think what's happened is over the course of the last five to seven years, some of the movies that they have put out, 
some of the series they have put out and even some of the rides they have built, it's almost to the point to where they have like shoehorned in the message or started with where this message is and built the story from that to me. And I say this as a, as a minority, as an LGBTQ individual, to me, I don't need some grandiose movie that announces two princes or two Kings. I don't need that. Just include the characters in the movie as though you're including two other, other characters, right? Like make it a normal part of business, make it a normal part every day, not some grandiose thing, not some virtue signaling, which is what I think. I think that's where a lot of the problem is, is that I think some of the movies have become virtue signals. Hey, look what we're doing. Look what we're look doing. Look at us. Look at us. We're doing <laughs> look how this inclusive thing. We're, we're being. so inclusive. Like, I don't need you to do that. Yeah. I, I need you to continue to be inclusive, but I don't need you to virtue signal to say you're doing it. It just is. It's a good story. These characters fit. Move on. It's almost like the way they handled LGBTQ families on the Disney Channel 15 years ago. They just happened. Like, there was no announcement about it. They just happened they just or the it. way or the way marvel just introduced lgbt like at this point we all know that valkyrie is gay like we know she's gay she's a lesbian they haven't announced it but she is she i think she's said that i think she's talked about a a a, a, a partner of or so of past relationship that was a female i believe in one of the movies yeah or, they made reference to it yeah 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 but they've not like announced it that oh yeah valkyrie is one of her lgbtq representative characters like that's not what this is nor is that what we want in that community so i just i agree with you when when joe told me about it i had to think about it but i don't think he's wrong i i think that disney for a hundred years has the the thing that if we go back to Walt's original vision was tell a good story and mm -hmm. everything else falls into place, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think that's kind of in, uh, and the, to follow that up, he, he went very much with the quality over quantity. Yeah. And that was a, that was a direct point of, of the streaming stuff. They, they were pumping out an insane amount of content for the mm -hmm. streaming service. And we, we, we saw a dip in quality. Yep. Um, like it was all fine, but I'm trying to think of like, what was the last Disney plus original series that just like blew me away? I think Andor is, is probably the mm -hmm. best thing that I, I think I've seen Disney plus make. even, even a few of the ones that were good to start got really choppy, like, yeah. like high school musical, the musical, the series, which was great to start and kind of went downhill. Like yeah, it, it just, it, it, yeah. it became kind of bleh. Um, you know, and then there were other ones that they picked up and then they like, prop culture like was a great series and they dropped it like what happened like that yeah. was something that would have driven me back to the service right i i am also thankful that he acknowledged that part of that was that marvel has got to pull back that, yeah. that i'm glad it, i like for a long time i was feeling like it was just me and like okay is something wrong with me if i just outgrown like i don't know even with conversations between between you and i because you were still watching everything oh i'm still in but 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 <laughs> i am thankful that they're going to put a, a they're going to redouble their efforts on all right you know what we don't need three movies a year we could do one a year and we're fine i think i think what they realized is and as with anything it comes down to money matt they realized they're putting pumping all this money into stuff thinking they're going to make all this money the reality is they were pumping three times as much money but making the same amount back yeah why would you do that it just equality over quantity like you said yep
Yeah. So I, I I thought it was a very interesting town hall. And I think if you are a fan of the Walt Disney Company, I think an overall good call that oh, yeah. the direction that Iger has has them has them going is good. I think really the question that I have about for the company is what's the plan after Iger? Because sounds like you know, they've got something going. It sounds like they're starting to look at that succession yeah, there. Just, I agree. I, that like that's that's kind of the, the I would say my main question there, but I, I think that that we're back on the we're do you, back do you on think the do you think the Walt Disney Company is too big? Do you think it's too big for any one person to manage at this point? I think that's the trick is that you're trying because I mean, think about what the CEO of Disney needs to be good at everything, everything, like <laughs> I mean, literally does everything they have and, to wear every hat. And I understand that like there's department heads and things like that. I understand this, how structure works, but I mean, there's a reason why Disney sold the Disney store for a while. Um, and you and I have often said, are, you know, what's your line? Disney is an entertainment company. That's trying to be a retailer. Yep. Every and, time, man, they were, I mean, they really are. They can't, you know, it's like you're in the theme park business. You're in the hospitality business. You're in the movie business. You're in the TV business. You're in the sports business. You're in the retail business. Uh, you're you're in the 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 vacation business the net the the tour business the cruise line business for crying out loud like how how do you manage all of that as ceo i don't think you can live tv streaming digital platforms video games toys literally every point of culture disney touches in some way i just don't know it takes a very special kind of person to be able to handle that whether within the ranks or out of the ranks, I don't know. I don't know who that is. Well, and I also don't know if this signals like, hey, maybe you need to think about selling the department I and agree. and having somebody, you know, give someone else the licensing of it yep. and let them kind of, you know, you you get money from the licensing agreement and everything like that. But, um, you know, it, it, it is, I mean, I, I'm, this is this doesn't just go for company this is person like if i try to get a job at you know here and do this and also do this and also do this and this and this and this and this and this at some point the quality of what i'm doing is going to just tank in value because i'm i don't i'm spreading myself too thin exactly so um like that that kind of comes is what comes to it where i'd love to see disney put the focus back on their movie studios to the point where we have another renaissance like we had in the nineties, where it is just hit after hit after hit. It's almost like they need to put the focus back on the movie studios for the next five to seven years and then synergize that with the parks. But the problem with that is, and the problem that you're going to get is that the diehard parks fans who don't like as much IP entering the parks as it has, um, I don't know if we can ever get to a back to a period with the parks where the, 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 the rides that come into the parks are not IP, um, you know, focused. I I don't know. Um, I, I speaking of, of uh, rides that you see what debuted over uh, last week, what, what came and finally arrived. He finally materialized the hat box. Yes. The hat box ghost. I have to um, uh, give props to uh, a few of my travel fellow travel agents. They did the, I posted this in the group yesterday, the castle, the castle run yesterday yeah. where they started in the magic kingdom. They rope dropped it. They did a couple of attractions, including haunted mansion. Um, and then they took an airplane and flew out to Disneyland same day to close the night out at that castle and did the Hatbox Ghost or the Haunted Mansion over there. But yeah, he's finally there. He's finally in Orlando, man. 
that that sounds like a very stressful trip. <laughs> All right. Well, it is closing time. We've got some fun uh, episodes on tap over the next couple of weeks. We've got an episode coming up that's going to have a theme around Five Nights at Freddy's. I know that sounds weird. It's not a Disney. Uh, it's not a Disney property, but I promise you, it, it it's going to be fun. It's, it's a lot of fun. fun. I pitched it to Matt. We've been holding it for a couple of weeks now, yeah. but it's finally coming. And we've got another episode coming. I'm going to tease it now only because so a few weeks ago or this is last week, I guess. Um, when I was driving to Michigan for Thanksgiving, I, I popped on one of our old episodes, the top 10 Disney songs. And in that episode, um, Matt and I were discussing about how we kind of picked our, our, our list. And I made a comment. I said, well, if I was picking songs for a top 10 Disney playlist that I would want to listen to every day, this would be a completely different list because mm -hmm. I was going more of like the iconic and the ones that yeah, meant yeah. something to the Walt Disney company. And so I texted Matt. I'm like, we've got to do this. We've got, first of all, top 10 Disney songs. We've done it several of them. We've done sidekick songs, villain songs, regular songs. So why not add another one? People like songs. Top, yeah. Top, plus I get to integrate the songs into the podcast. Top 10 songs that we would put on a Disney playlist that we listen to every day. And what's even cooler about this is that we're three years removed from that original podcast, which means that there's even new songs. I mean, who knows? Maybe uh, this is the things I get finds its way onto that. We'll podcast. see. I got to, I, I haven't done my deep dive yet. I got to, I got to do my top tens. I got to do some soul searching. I got to uh, like, be alone in a room surrounded by Disney things. My buddy Sharif, or he's also a friend of the pod. Yes. He's like, he goes, he goes, if you do, because I was telling him about it, he goes, if you do that, you've actually got to make a Spotify list. I was like, oh, oh I didn't know that was something that. we could do. Yeah, Maybe we could I'll, do that. Yeah. I have to rely on that for Matt. So, yeah. But so, anyway, yes. so that's what's coming. Those two things are on, on the drawing board for the next couple of weeks. I know it's not Christmas related, but frankly put, we pretty much like used all of the Christmas. I was looking at some of the stuff coming out. And I'm just like, I don't want to talk about this. I mean, I guess <laughs> theoretically we could talk, talk candlelight processional or something one day. I don't know. Yeah, well, um, I mean, we'll, We were going to, we, gonna, have, we, you know, we were going to do a Jollywood nights wrap up, but that was such a disaster. There was no reason to do it. Yeah. I heard it's gotten better, but yeah. Yeah. So anyway, all right. Uh, it's closing time, Matt. How do they get a hold of us? Uh, you can uh, get a hold of us at uh, beers and years, 1928 at gmail.com or a Facebook group. Uh, beers and ears podcast um as always we are sponsored by uh magical memories by casey woolley um uh, <laughs> i guess i say sponsored by like these aren't our own businesses but you know whatever um magical memories by casey woolley if you're looking to plan uh disney vacation universal all-inclusive resort cruise remember um, these four words magic thrills cruise and beach yeah those are the four things i specialize in magic anything disney thrills anything universal cruises disney royal caribbean celebrity carnival cruises and beaches all inclusive i am officially a certified sandals specialist i Ooh, became okay. officially certified in fact i just revamped my website matt if Ooh. you look at caseywoolly.com it's completely rebranded it looks really good i'll be doing the sorcerer network one next oh exactly um, yes, um and yeah. i oh I, I, I'm, I'm gonna actually tease i was gonna tease this i didn't tell you about this so i'm gonna tease this. okay um uh but i'm gonna, first I'm gonna talk about fake sports teams.com uh, yes. how about team? i talk about it i'll talk about it oh yes you. yes Matt's an official sponsor of the podcast, as though it's not his own his thing. Fakesportsteams.com. It is a perfect Christmas gift for someone who is a sports fan but doesn't know who they're a sports fan of, or maybe they're not a sports fan at all, but they want to be a sports fan. My particular 
<laughs> my particular favorite, I like the Eagle Knights. They're pretty good. But honestly, my favorite of all are the cockapoos. I'm sorry. The cockapoos. I, I'm going to have to get myself a pair of cockapoo hoodies and a pair of cockapoo sweatpants with a cockapoo mug and a cockapoo sticker. It's just going to have to happen. Um, it is absolutely amazing. But you said there's two new teams. Who are they? Oh, it's the avocados with a little boxing oh. avocado. Oh and then I took your I took your advice, and there's a mammoths on there now. Wait, so. what? Is there really? Yes, you can go check it out right now if you would oh, like. Oh my goodness. I'm gonna have to tell my brother. I'm gonna have um, to tell my brother. Yeah, yeah. So uh uh yeah, yeah. I, I put that up there. I was like, oh, that's nice. So yeah, I I'm really proud of how those uh um those ended up so yeah i mean take head on over if nothing else again i say this the all the time spit, if nothing the else spitter, the spitters crack me yes the, the little camels uh, um yes if nothing else like just go and take a look it's going to be a fun five minutes of your day um it really so, is oh my god the mammoth yeah that looks really good I'm, i was very proud of how that turned out i might have to buy a shirt for my entire family because we're, we're wooly so i'm wooly and so we've always been like the wooly mammoth i might have to get a shirt for the entire family me okay and my we'll, we'll talk i might be able to hook you up uh, <laughs> this is um, awesome so um with the sorcerer network um you know we've been kind of trying to decide what i want to do with it and and here's here's kind of where where i i've i've, I've landed on and so this is going to be coming out in the next month i'm working on it right now i'm actively working on it all right um one of the sports sites I often get my uh, my inspiration of sports is they have the NBA National Basketball Association, the NBA ranked, and so they have some of their writers and they go in with their rankings of uh, of the players and they come out with a new ranking every so often. Um, you know, it just is an arbitrary amount of time. I would what I want to do um, and kind of make um, a big thing on the Sorcerer Network is a ranking of the Disney animated movies um, as well as Pixar as well. But I want to start with Disney animation. And what this requires is I'm going to need voters. And so what I am doing is I am whipping up a Google doc that is going to, um, uh, or a Google form, sorry, Google form that is going to um, be anyone who wants to do it uh, can go through and score the Disney movies on a scale of, you know, one to 10. I'm, I'm, and then I am going to then put together some type of ranking on the Sorcerer Network as kind of a ranking of the Disney movies based on this pool of voters and to kind of give some insights into it of why this is ranked high and what hmm. it does. I, 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 I'm really excited about the project, but what you need to know is watch the Beers and Ears podcast Facebook group for that um, Google form, because I definitely want you, the listeners, to participate in this. Um, I'm really excited about it. I think it's a really fun project. So that's kind of something that I am looking at to, as kind of a, one of the anchors of this Sorcerer Network is to have this ongoing ranking. I don't know how often we'll redo it, but to ongoing... Anytime there's a new movie, I guess. Yeah, you know, kind of every, maybe every kind new movie or something it, yeah. like that. Uh, to be able to, uh, uh, you know, re-rank these. And I'll probably do the same thing. Depend I, I need to work out the kinks with the Disney ones, but I'm sure we'll do Pixar and I'm sure we'll do Marvel. Um, but I, I, I like this idea as a way to engage you all that, you know, it's not just about what we're doing, but you all have a voice in this as well. Love it, love it, love it, love it. 
All right, well, let's go ahead and raise our glasses, or in this case, my bottle of water. My Burger uh, King, uh, <laughs> uh, Lion King glass. I love it. I've got my uh, my um, McDonald's um, Disney Parks glasses. Have I ever shown you these, Matt? My, my McDonald's Disney Park glasses here. Oh, yeah. So I love I got, those. Yeah, I got all four of these. I don't know where I got them from. I actually think Ange maybe gave them okay. to me, possibly. Okay. I can't I've seen them at thrift so. stores before. Yeah, they're all over. They were a big, big hit back in the 2000s. I remember so. that. All right. Well, folks, it is closing time. This Let's raise our glasses. This episode has been on us. We will see you next week. Have a fabulous week, and we'll see you again real soon. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to a Sorcerer Network podcast. Shh.